Well, good morning uh, and happy Monday to each of you. I want to welcome you to this session of Deep Dive. Um, and uh, I got a special presentation today for Monday's Deep Dive. Um, figure I'm going to take it a different direction. And for our devotion and study for this time together this morning, I want to take a deep dive into the Green Bay Packer game yesterday and why I think they should have won. <laughs> so, um, for those of you who know my my allegiance to the Packers, some of you are probably surprised that I'm I'm even here right now. Someone joked with me earlier today that um, they're surprised I didn't take a sick day today for <laughs> for my morning. Um, but I do have this little guy with me, and I'm just using this as an illustration. This is kind of how most of us in Packer land are feeling, just a little discombobulated, our heads wobbly. <laughs> so. But uh, we all know the pain, don't we, friends? We all know the pain. So, uh, but glad you're with me. Good to see those of you who are watching right now and welcoming you in. Um, we have been going through a, a study in the book of Revelation, one of, of, of great interest and fascination. And um, yesterday we took a look here at, in our church service in Revelation chapter 6. And as I mentioned yesterday, whether you're following us through our sermons or sometimes you're picking up things here through our devotions on Monday, uh, we are now entering into the portion of Revelation that is uh, both in many ways the most interesting and fascinating. Uh, and, and certainly for a lot of us, including myself, as I'm preaching and teaching on these matters, it's the portion of Revelation that's the most challenging. Um, because as we enter into the judgments of God, uh, specifically seen through the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls, um, we are going to be witnessing, along with John, who is sharing this vision that he is receiving from the very throne room of God, uh, very incredible dynamic things. And uh, through the use of symbolism, uh, through the literary structure that John was writing with, um, and just through the very natural dynamic of the language being incapable of accurately expressing the things that he was seeing. Can you can you imagine being in his position? Sometimes you and I struggle sometimes to relay a story um, based on how incredible it was. Uh, certainly uh, just because sometimes we can't grasp in words how fun or funny or crazy or um, dynamic the story is. So we can relate to John and appreciate. So for all those reasons, we are then left as a listening and reading audience to try to grasp things that are that are supernatural and they're divine and they're they're coming from the throne room of God. And so we should be humbled by that and read it humbly. Um, I want to uh, kind of circle around um, as we covered kind of a broad summary of what the judgments and the the chapters of Revelation that remain, specifically chapter 6 through 22, how do we read that? How do we understand that? Yesterday I kind of gave a broad overview of, uh, of a way that it can be looked at. Um, and so I want to I want to circle around just a little bit from a deep dive and help us think about something that I I, I, I spoke about yesterday briefly. And that is essentially, um, while Revelation holds a fascination, and we oftentimes read it with this interest of trying to figure out when Jesus is going to come back. Friends, we have to be careful that we don't miss the greater value of Revelation, which isn't so much the, the particular data points of when he is coming, but who is coming. Uh, 
and more importantly, who is going to bring everything to an end. And that is, like I said yesterday, the lamb that is worthy. And so three things I want to share quickly with you this morning. Revelation is all about the lamb. Why? Number one, okay, if you're just following along with me, I'll make this quick. Number one, it's all about the lamb. It's not just about the when, because the lamb is the source of the revelation. He's the source of it. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, meaning first and last. Like the Greek alphabet, those are the first and last letters, the Alpha and the Omega. Says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. When, When someone tells you something that is sensational or unbelievable, We oftentimes attach its truthfulness or its trustworthiness to the source and the person, right? Like, so someone tells you something and and they start out by saying this, it was unbelievable. You would never imagine what just happened, right? You've all been there. You've heard that, right? Well, that which is unbelievable and you won't imagine what happened, what allows you to to find truthfulness or trustworthiness in that which seems unbelievable isn't so much in the event as it is the person, right? You attach trustworthiness and truthfulness to the individual who is talking. This is why, for example, we're so disappointed or perhaps even angry when we felt lied to by someone that we love. It's not so much because we discovered that the story wasn't true. It's because the person who had told it didn't tell us the truth. And it's based on that relationship that we are disappointed and sad. So the point is, just like in our own personal experiences, whatever the story or circumstance might be, it is the source of the story that matters most. And so Revelation, despite all of its grandeur and its interests and fascinations, is about the Lamb because the Lamb is the source of the Revelation. So that's why it's all about Jesus. Uh, Second, Revelation is all about the Lamb because He is a worthy source. Okay, So not only on a basic level does the person who is talking mean something to us in the context of a story, but the character of the person, right? Again, so like the example of a story and someone telling you, oh, you won't believe it. Well, if somebody has kind of a shady character, you're likely not going to believe it. But if it's somebody that you know, love, respect, trust, uh, their character kind of goes before them and they've earned that kind of credit or capital in your life, you're, you're far more inclined to not ask questions, right? And to say, well, man, because he or she is telling me this, I, I got to believe them. Well, just like in the scene we find in Revelation chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus is in the midst of the throne room. And it tells us quite specifically that he and he alone took the book that is the scroll from the hand of God. For he alone was worthy to open its seals, to reveal the contents that have been written on the inside and outside. And why is he worthy, friends? Remember, think about this. The angel cries out, who can grab the seal? And we came to discover that that which was in heaven, the angels were not worthy to grab it. The very angel himself was asking who was worthy. 
those who were on earth, including John himself, who was the disciple that Jesus loved, he apparently wasn't worthy to grab the seal, nor was anything under the earth uh, capable of grabbing it. Only Jesus was worthy to grab the seal, and, and he was worthy because of the fact that he was slain. And when we talk about this idea of character and what it is that gives us confidence in an individual, it's oftentimes because they've, they've proven that credibility to you in their life. Maybe it's a family member, a friend, neighbor, whoever it is, big or small, oftentimes what builds credit and character is the fact that they have shown themselves to be worthy of holding such value in your life. And just like God says in Romans 5, God has proved his love for us. And that while we are still sinners, Christ came and he died for us. So he is a worthy lamb because he has shown his love. He has proven that love for us. So that when we listen to the source of the revelation, the lamb continues to be the focal point. Not only because it comes from him, but because he is worthy. And we trust him for what he has done on our behalf. So all the, all the fun stuff and the challenges that come with trying to interpret this revelation, at the end of the day, it's still all about the Lamb. And third and finally, I'll leave you with this. Revelation is all about the Lamb because he is an authoritative source. He is an authoritative source. And here is what I mean. And this was a little bit from yesterday, Revelation 6, verse 16. Uh, just an awesome, awesome thing to comprehend. The sixth seal is opened in the beginning of the judgments. And on that sixth seal, something catastrophic and even cosmic happens. Something distinct and powerfully different than the previous seals. As if to suggest, man, the nature of the game is entirely changing. And when that sixth seal was unleashed, the kings of the earth, the great men, the commanders... The rich, the slave, the free, all of them, it says, found themselves hiding in caves and among the rocks and the mountains and nothing on earth, even as strong as a rock and mountain, is not going to be able to save. In fact, they even cried out to the mountains, fall on us. I mean, imagine being in a position where you literally are wanting that which is in front of you to come to an end. And you're praying, please just crumble upon me. And why? Because they are wanting to hide from the presence of the wrath of the Lamb. So the Lamb is the focal point of revelation, not just because he's the source of it, but he's a credible, worthy source. And finally, because he is an authoritative source. He is the author of life who like we see even here in Revelation 6, verse 16, and why they're crying out, rocks fall on us, because he is the one, Revelation 1, I believe verse 18, who holds the keys of both Hades and death. There is nothing that will ever be able to drown out his words when he begins to speak. So this is why we must place our confidence, friends, in Jesus. Because one of the things that's going to be seen as the Lamb is revealed is that there is nothing, friends. There is, and there is no person. No matter what your influence might be, no matter what your position of power might be, no matter what wealth you may have, like, like the sixth seal reminds us, you could be a king on the earth, you could be a slave. And because of the Lamb, everything is leveled. 
equal playing field. And God has a desire, right? He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. Jesus came so that we could have life and have it abundantly, John chapter 10. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. His desire is for you to live in a right and whole relationship that will last now and into all of eternity. He levels it all. But he also levels it in a sense of judgment. His authority is from his holiness, which is of his nature and character. So we must place our confidence in him. And I pray you do so today, knowing that no matter what is in front of you today, whatever is going on in our life today, to continue to trust him, even at times when things don't make sense, because he is wonderfully in control. He has shown his love and has earned that from us. He is a worthy lamb. So let him be our continued focal point now and in the days to come. God bless you, church. And those of you watching, hope you have a great rest of your day, a wonderful week. Pastor Steve will be with us at Wednesday at 10 o'clock. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.